but we know that God's perfect design dictates what our roles will be. It's and and God is good and his roles are good and they work. And when we get away from it, we see the chaos that we're seeing in society. And the roles are perfectly attuned by our creator for us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. From Living Word Church, you're listening to the Living the Word podcast, encouraging you to walk steadfastly in your Christian faith. Welcome back to another excellent episode of the Living the Word podcast. This is the place that we seek to love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our ponder patty. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? Ponder? Ponder <laughs> patty? Ponder patty. That's what I've got. So, okay, let's explain. So the brain is described like a patty. It's what you think with. You're pondering. And pondering. It's like it. a meat patty in your head. Oh, yeah, because I get the pondering. It's a ponder patty. <laughs> ponder patty. That's, I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to some of the episodes for your other your other ways. They're only getting better. Yeah. <laughs> to see which one's my favorite. That, yeah. That one's right up there. Ponder I've got patty. 14 more, unless our listeners want to, you know, submit some other ideas. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, well, well Pastor Ben, yeah. it is so good to be back with you. I love doing this with you every time. It's been, and a, got, it's been uh, a little while. It has. It's been a little while, and I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. Um, so, Pastor Ben, tell me, when did you and Estelle get married? Interesting question. Yeah. So when did we get married? Uh, when did you get married? I'm, I, I, I got to get this right. <laughs> I can't mess this up. <laughs> she might listen she to doesn't it. really listen to the podcast very often because she's so busy. But I think we got married December 13th, 2003. Actually, I know we got married December 13th, 2003. And uh, I married. Uh, I married up. I married a wonderful woman. I've been married to be 20 years this year that we've been married. And so, yeah. December 13th, it rained. Uh, we ordered a limousine to be there to take us away from the ceremony to the reception hall and uh, didn't show up. It's just a random fact there. <laughs> guess, guess who got to drive me and my, my new wife to the reception? Father-in-law? My dad. <laughs> and so I wanted to kiss my wife in the back of the, the vehicle and she's like... Don't touch me, your dad. <laughs> looking at through the mirror. <laughs> so, yeah, de- on December thirteenth, two thousand and three, that's when we that's that's a great when story. we got married. So, um, yeah, so we we have a guest with us here today, and so uh, before we intro him and get his bio as to who he is and why he's here, uh, we have Scott Roten with us. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, well, then, Scott, uh, when did I get married? When did you get married? Before you guys were born, <laughs> <laughs> two whippersnappers here. So uh, I met Bonnie in uh, Christmas around the Christmas holidays of 1984. I was born. Yeah, oh, I, I was three you years old. Three years old. Three years old. Okay, yeah. okay. What about you, Dom? I, I was born in '86, so not yet. <laughs> All right. So we we were married in May of. Uh, 1985. So next month will be 38 years that we have been been together, have three beautiful uh, adult children now, uh, still waiting on those grandkids. But it's been (laughs) it's been a great adventure. Well, we are super excited to have you. Uh, for those of you that don't know Scott Roten, um, he is an exceptional person and the per- 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 
the perfect person to have on the podcast today. Uh, obviously, he's been married since Reagan was president. Um, he's been <laughs> in pastoral ministry for 30 years. He loves teaching the Bible. He has a degree in psychology, a degree in substance abuse therapy, a master's in counseling. He's a licensed therapist. And we have the benefit that he leads the marriage ministry here at Living Word Church. So welcome again, Scott. Ah, thank you. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. man. It's glad to, we're glad to have Scott here. Uh, so before we tell you why we're talking about when we were married, uh, we can't leave Dominic out. So Dominic, when were you and Jackie married? Uh, so we were married in 2007 and I'm a victim of, um, I guess the culture around here to keep from intermarrying with each other. You guys send out your pretty ones and drag us back from other places. <laughs> so tell us, tell us one interesting fact about the day of your wedding. Oh, man. This is pretty spontaneous. Here. Uh, so much of it is a blur. We certainly did not get to eat. So on our way to New Orleans, we stopped by Raising Cane's. And an hour after we were married or two hours after we married, we we're just sitting Raising Cane's. No way. Chicken. No. <laughs> that is so funny. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> raising Cane's. Is that your favorite food now? Uh, I do love Raising Cane's. It's tough to beat. <laughs> that is so funny, Dom. So the reason we are asking about when we were married married and that whole subject uh, with all three of us is because we want to talk about marriage. And we have the, the marriage ministry leader uh, here with us uh, on the podcast. And so we want to talk about marriage. So I think a good way to start talking about marriage is to go to God's word. And so, you know, you see the institution of marriage start in, in Genesis. And so there's sections in Genesis one and two that we could look at. But let's 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 read. I'm just going to read Genesis two. Uh, a couple of sections here kind of frame things for us and then we'll we'll kind of guide the conversation here as we talk about God's good plan for marriage. So Genesis 2, we'll start in verse 15. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Verse 24 says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So that's kind of the context for marriage. Mm -hmm. This is God's the one who created marriage. He instituted it. He saw that man was alone and he said, it's not good that he is alone. So Scott, when we see God's design for marriage in Genesis, um, let's talk about why God's design in Genesis, why his plan for marriage is still good today in 2023. And, and before you answer, I, I think to kind of frame that, the reason we're asking that question, why is it still good today in 2023 is because there are so many voices all around us in our culture that are telling us that Anything to do with God's word is archaic. It doesn't apply to today in today's culture. And so I think it's important for us to, to talk about why God's plan for marriage is still good, even in this modern culture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Ben and uh, Pastor Dom, for uh, including me in this podcast today. Uh, I'm passionate about marriage. Uh, and I think that uh, I was I was thinking earlier, and we just started this study of Galatians uh, in or Wednesday night Bible studies. And one of the first things out of the gate Paul said was, Paul, an apostle, not of man, but of God. And so I think that 
Marriage is the same way. It's God's design. It's not of man. It is of God. So we see it right here in Genesis 2. God is laying out his design. It's not our design. And what we're facing today, the design is still good because it is God's good. Everything that we touch, we seem to mess up. Paul was dealing with uh, men who were who were working to mess up the good gospel of Jesus Christ. And so man does the same thing with marriage. And that's what we're seeing today is uh, is marriage, when we try to do it as an institution of man, it won't work. But it is God's uh, design. And so the first thing he says is, it's not good that man should be alone. I mean, we talked about the fact of when we got married, we remember that time. But Deeper than that, we remember the time when we looked at our wives and we knew, like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And God did the same thing for Adam from the very outset. And isn't it good of God, like his His grace and, and his sovereign plan is so good that he would let us know that we have, we have this uh, need. Yeah, just just yeah. just to chime in there before we went to record, we talked about that how somebody could read the Genesis account and maybe come away with this idea that God was reactionary in the creation of Eve, but really what we see is is that God showed Adam his need. How, how yeah. did God show him his need? Yeah, he showed him his need by first he had these animals paraded in front of him, front of him. So we see uh him seeing all all of these animals and even a dog. We call it man's best, best friend, but it the dog didn't provide what he needed. Mm-hmm. So he at, at the end of that whole parade it says again that there was no help me found for him. So he still didn't find that. And then God did this wonderful, wonderful work in creating the helper that we need. He created woman. So we talked about this earlier that in that he, in the original Hebrew, the idea of a man comes from the root in the Hebrew of being a piercer and a woman as the pierced. So we see man instituting uh, as as and and woman is receiving in that relationship so it was a beautiful relationship and then the big word in there in verse 24 of Genesis 2 is therefore mm-hmm. and then God institutes this design of marriage he says therefore because of all that because God showed us our deep need for companionship a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And I love uh, the word in the King James. Y'all know I'm King, like come from that generation of King James. It says to cleave to his wife and they too shall. To stick like glue. Yeah, like glue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they too shall be one flesh. And then we see immediately following that, that they're in the garden, they're together, and it says they're naked and unashamed. There's this, uh, there's this transparency and openness and comfort and just completion with each other. So, so, so Scott, I mean, that's so beautiful the way you're describing God's design there in Genesis. Uh, but let's think about maybe if you could tell us what do you think when we're looking at 2023, modern day culture, what is it about this design that we see, the, the, the description of it in Genesis? What is it about that design 
that our current culture pushes back against? Oh, well, I think it's it's just this idea that we can do it better mm-hmm. and God is imposing his ways on us. And so we've we've seen since uh, since the early part of the 1900s, just a disintegration with uh, these ideas and, and the traditional family is under attack. Mm-hmm. So we we see this move to cohabitation to uh, single parenthood. Uh, We see this, and and the statistics are showing us that we're struggling on account of it. And I'm afraid that the church is falling into that same pattern Mm -hmm. at times. So I believe that uh, there are a lot of challenges for us as the body of Christ uh, to uh, contend for the faith. And part of that is this institution that predates the fall mm-hmm. of man. We talked about that earlier. It right. predates God's good marriage design. predates mm-hmm. sin. Right? right. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, even in the, you know, uh, I think one aspect of our culture rejecting uh, this institution is they, they, they want to reject at a foundational level that marriage is just for a man and a woman. Yes. Right. They want to, now it's, it's, you know, not, not only do they want to re- reject how God created it to function, you know, between a man and a woman, they want to completely do away with gender distinctions. Absolutely. And and I I think that's important for us to talk about here because we we talked about that prior to the podcast, how God made men and women different and how when he brought them together, even as you said earlier, the initiator and the receiver, God made men to initiate women to receive, you know, we, in our culture today, we don't tolerate that. We don't receive that. And so let's maybe talk about gender distinctions and how those are good and not bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we live we live in a time where there's a lot of scientific advances, and so since the genotype uh, has has been shown that we know that a man has an XY chromosome and a woman has an XX chromosome. That I mean. Down to the smallest, minute detail of the body, we are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, XX or XY. There's even this, well, just to say this real quick, I, I just thought of this, that, that there's even has been this argument I've heard lately, uh, people trying to say that uh, that the bone density of a, of a woman is the same as a man. Whenever we know that the bone structure of a man is designed to handle more weight, more um, more, uh, how would you say, more, more strain, uh, our muscle mass absolutely. is different. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, a woman's body is really, is going to, is going to change just as a man's does through the period of puberty, but a woman's body is changing to prepare her for childbirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see our bodies are made up of these chemical messengers, uh, electrical impulses that are just shooting around these, what did you call it? This uh, the ponder patty, ponder patty, <laughs> like this ponder patty is constantly working in, and neuroscience uh, and neuropsychology, which is interesting to me as a psychologist, the behavioral science is just, to me, it just proves the beauty of God's creation. So we know chemically we are different. Males have higher level, just on the basic level, males have higher levels of testosterone, women, 
estrogen. So those those chemicals make us different in a huge way. Uh, we had talked about uh, a beautiful uh, hormone that God gives us called oxytocin. And this chemical messenger is very important in women. Uh, just holding hands with my wife floods her with feel, with this chemical in the brain of oxytocin. And it's, it's making her feel loved and a, a sense of belonging. Uh, it's a bonding hormone. We call it in science. And when she breastfeeds her baby, the baby gets the oxytocin in huge amounts, and it's to to cause that bond between the child and the mother. So we we have oxytocin as males with an XY chromosome, but we have it in lower levels than a female does. So we see just at the very biological uh, level, we are different. So today there is a move to say that sex is uh, sex is the biological makeup. And gender is no more than a social construct. Mm. So gender roles can definitely be social constructs. I mean, it means a different thing for a woman to be a woman in uh, Saudi Arabia than it does here in the United States. That is a culturally imposed gender role by man. But we know that God's perfect design dictates what our roles will be. Mm. It's and and God is good and his roles are good and they work. And when we get away from it, we see the chaos that yeah, we're seeing in society. Absolutely. And the roles are perfectly attuned by our creator for us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we see, we see those roles. I have boys and I have girls. You have boys and girls. You, we all have both boys and girls in our family, children. And we see, we can see the roles just in their biological makeup, just watching them absolutely grow up. I mean, you don't have to tell a boy to play cowboys and Indians. He's going to do it. <laughs> or as, as my it's, Lincoln calls it, good guys and bad guys. Yes. He yeah. wants to play good guys and bad yeah. guys. Yeah. And you don't have to tell a girl, you know, to to play with dolls or to play in the kitchen that she's cooking that it, they're naturally going to do it. But, Those our, things, but our culture repels against that. Yes. Though, Scott, like, like they, they, were, Absolutely. They, 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 they rebel and it, it, that repels them because it, it makes them feel like you're forcing you're a forcing. construct onto, onto our children. But right. it, it, God designed our natural tendencies towards these, towards those towards things. these things. It's towards absolutely those roles. There. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, both kinds of toys are strewn all over my house. <laughs> our kids have any option to play with whatever toys they want. Right. And our boys are going to use everything to be a sword to beat each other. And our <laughs> girls are going to use everything yeah. to be pretty and, and absolutely. Do. And it's we amazing. should, we should celebrate that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe let's pivot just in the last few moments that we have here. Maybe let's pivot a little bit to talk about specifically as three men here. Let's talk about what the the good role that God has designed for us as husbands and why that that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as husbands, uh, we really there's a there's a, a verse that says, be a man. <laughs> and that's that's a sense of of what we need to be. And that role is defined in God's word, what it means to be a man. We are providers. We are leaders of the family. We are we are under shepherds, really, of our family to uh, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, to bring them uh, to a point of salvation, to introduce them to the gospel, to be uh, providers for our family, to to 
that they will feel sheltered, that they will feel a sense of safety. Uh, that is our role as men, to provide that, to, to be instructors, to be teachers, to be modelers. Uh, I have a daughter. She needs to see in me what a godly man looks like yes. so that she'll know what type of husband she wants to marry. So we have a tremendous responsibility uh, in our role as men of God to be Christ-like. Ephesians 5. Yes, absolutely. To love our wives as Christ loved the church. Yes, absolutely. That's such a sacrificial uh, role for men. Uh, It's not about what I want or what I need. I need to live my life in such a way as first to sacrifice towards my wife. And if I'm doing that, If I'm loving my wife as Christ loved the church, my children are going to benefit. My children are going to be in the best nurturing environment that they can be in. Scott, let's touch on let's touch on this. I think we've got a couple minutes. Maybe just in short, talk a little bit about the impact that your dad had when he came to faith and when he came to faith in Christ. Yeah. So uh, my dad, uh, I would I would really like to forget the early part of my life. My dad was an alcoholic. I can remember times when my dad would have to drink probably a six pack to 12 beers before he'd eat supper at night. Uh, I can remember times being woke up in the middle of the night and uh, thrown into a station wagon, town and country forward, and uh, me and my siblings and traveling bail my dad out of jail because he got another DUI. Mm. Uh, When I was, uh, I guess, in the Marine Corps, uh, my dad found Christ. Mm. And he began to write letters to me. And in those letters, I could just in the letters, I could see a change in him. And that was instrumental in propelling my life in the direction of the gospel. Uh, just that change. So I saw my dad in the role without Christ, and I saw my parents' marriage without Christ. And then I saw the difference once the gospel had done its transforming and redemptive work. So marriages can be redeemed as well just by the salvation of a man. I don't know what the stats are. I've heard him I've heard him um, said something like this. I don't know if, if a wife or a woman— a mother follows Christ. Let's just say it's, you know, 20% of the time the, the children are going to follow. With a, if a man follows Christ, I know it's 80, 90% of the time the family is going to follow. Absolutely. And a man has such a great such impact. Such an impact. Yeah. Absolutely. And God designed it that way and it's good. Yes. Yeah. It's a good design. It's a good design. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, if you've been listening this far, then you know that we're tackling the subject of marriage and we appreciate you guys. Thank you, Scott, for being here with us. We're actually going to do this again for our next episode and we're going to be getting real practical. We'll be talking about how do we argue well and what does forgiveness look like in a marriage and we'll be getting you back, Scott. So definitely tune in next time this comes out. We love you guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to submit a potential question, a topic, or an idea for a future episode, or learn more about the Living the Word podcast, you can visit us at livingwordhoma.com. We would like to say thanks to all of you who subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. Living the Word podcast is a production of Living Word Church in Homa, Louisiana, under the leadership of Pastor Ben Bufkin. Our prayer is that you will remain faithful to living the Word.